Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Of course, we're in this series on Proverbs called Students of Wisdom, and uh, we're going to continue on in that. I'm going to be talking about discipline today. And, uh, okay, some of you, I feel like, I was wondering if people were going to, you know, just be thinking like, oh, he's going to talk about, you know, we got to be diligent and, and, you know, do what we're supposed to do, or if they were going to think about it how I'm thinking about it, so just to give it away a little bit, is more of like a discipline and correction. Um, I feel like some people may have gotten that. I heard a, oh, yeah, like that. Um, But we are supposed to be disciplined, and God does want us to be disciplined to to take action and to follow Him and to, uh, you know, do what we're supposed to do, to spend that time with Him, to seek after Him, and and to be diligent in those ways and to come come after Him. And actually, it's, you know, it's funny, Uh, uh, it's like, it says a lot of stuff that seems like pretty like, oh, okay, you're going to say it like that, you know, about people that aren't disciplined and that are lazy or slackers, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it gets a little, a little strong. And that's amazing. And, and I hope to encourage each and every one of us to seek after God in a way that, that, is, that is diligent and that we don't lose heart, that, that we don't slack off. And, and I, I've especially hear that whenever God is speaking that to me, because I'm one that, that needs that instruction and to, you know, because I, I mean, I like to just sit on, anybody like to just sit on the couch and just chill, just hang out, you know, and it's just like, the problem is, is you're like, yeah, I'm just going to relax for a minute and, and rest is good. It's God ordained. You need to rest, by the way. You need to take that time to let your body recover and heal. But how many know that like when, when we sit down sometimes, it's like, I just need this, I, I just need this moment to sit down and recover and, and rest a little bit. And then you're there for a little while and you're like, I probably should get up now. You're like, nah, <laughs> no, I'm all right. Let's just continue to sit here for the rest of the day. Um, any, no, I'm not anybody else like that. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I'm going to start out in Proverbs 3. In verse 11, it says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. And don't detest his correction. And I, again, I don't know if anybody's like me, but it's, it's hard when you get corrected. We don't, uh, you know, naturally like correction. Does anybody? Yeah. No? Maybe, no? Okay. Yeah, we don't naturally like correction. We don't want somebody to come, especially somebody, another person, to come and, and bring correction, correction in our lives, to come and, and to speak something. And of course, it needs to be a good, godly 
correction. You know, we, we for sure shouldn't like somebody to come and, and when they're wrong or when they're, they're not the right person that's supposed to be correcting us, you know, like when my son tries to correct me and I'm like, that's not how it works, bro. doesn't work like that. But we don't naturally love correction. But correction is one of the surest ways of maturity and of growth. I try to tell my kids that all the time, you know? It's like, listen, this is for your good. Like, I don't see it. You know, they're like, what, what do you mean? How is this good? I'm in trouble, you know? And that's, I mean, that's how I felt whenever I was younger. Or now when somebody comes and, of course, the right person, <laughs> those that have that place in my life, when they come and correct me, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like it's for my good in the moment, maybe, but when we think about it how we should and how God has taught us that we should think about this as something that is good for us. This is something that is for growth, that is for learning, that's for maturity, that's for our strength and our life. It gives life to us. But it requires for us to admit that we're wrong. And who likes to admit that? Another hard way. It's like you have to admit that you've either done something wrong or are thinking something the wrong way. It requires humility. And again, that's not something that we all just automatically have. That's something that we need to grow in. There's not many that are just naturally humble people, especially in this fallen world. I don't know. You guys are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm so humble. I, I'm just the most humble person. And then I'm going to say, well, just because you're saying that, you're not. So, okay. Um, that means you're not, okay? But it requires humility. Us to say that I understand that I'm not the ultimate authority. No matter how much leadership or how much we've gone through, how many things that we know, we have to understand that we aren't the ultimate authority. That we cannot know everything. And of course, God is that authority. He is the one that does know. Right? The beginning from the end. But whenever I think about this, I even think about, even in a natural way, as much as I can learn, as much as I can know, I have to think there's, and I don't think that I'm like an expert in anything, although I say that sometimes. I, am, I mean, well, I am an expert driver. So, it's like, you know, but I know that there's people, see? But, but see, I know that there's somebody out there somewhere that knows way more than I do. Even in this natural fallen world, there's somebody. See, we have to release that pride and grab hold of that humility. We have to 
admit that we're wrong, and which is not easy at all. And one of these things that, that I've come to learn is that is to think of it as a, a good thing to receive correction. To think of correction, or even to say it a little bit stronger word, rebuke, as something that is good for me. Does anybody feel like that? There's people nodding their head. You're like, yeah, we'll just wait till that happens, okay? See how you feel. But we're told here in this scripture not to detest or loathe or be angry about God's protect, not protection, but we do have that, but God's correction. Don't detest his reproof or is coming and trying to help you by giving you that correction. In Proverbs 10, 17, it says, He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. So one that keeps instruction, one that not only can, can see correction or instruction as something that is good for them, but even keeping it. I love the way that some of these scriptures just God, give you these little, a little different angle on it, right? It's, it's this different angle on what's being said. Not like, hey, don't detest it, but Learn that it's so good and that you need to keep it. Uh, can you hold on to that correction and allow it to do what it's supposed to do and work and not just work one time, but continually work in your life to bring even more and more transformation that it should bring in you? Can you keep it? Can you hold on to it? Because the one that because the one, it says, that, that refuses correction goes astray. And none of us want to go astray, right? You don't, you don't, none of us are like, hey, I want to go the wrong way. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say that. I would just love to just go the wrong way and do the wrong thing and, and not do what I'm supposed to do. It's just going to be so awesome. It's going to be the best life. It's going to be amazing. Nobody says that, right? But so many times the choices that we make or the things that, the correction maybe that we, do we see it that way? That God is trying to come and bring some correction in our life and we're like, hey, you know what? Not, not, I, don't, I don't really know about this. God, are you sure? God, I'm not sure if you know exactly what's going on. Can I tell you? Let me explain to you what's happening because you're coming and trying to correct me and bring this thing. And, and you, but you don't, do you know? Like, like God doesn't know, you know? How could we refuse his correction? But sometimes we do. Sometimes we explain it away. Sometimes we, you know, 
just don't want it. I don't want to go astray. I want to continue on in what God has called me to do. And I know that you do too. We all want to continue on. And so that's what I hope to speak today is just that, that we learn to understand and know and, and even like when God brings correction in our lives, when he brings some kind of discipline to us. And that's scripture. I don't know if I, did I read verse 12? But says that he does these things because he loves us. Well, think about that. And I, and I can say, like with my kids, you know, or even whenever I was a kid, you know, sometimes whenever you're getting corrected, you feel like, do you even love me? But do you know when somebody does love you that they do correct you? Can we think about that? I like to think about it this way, that somebody that doesn't correct me that's in that place, that's supposed to be in that place to bring correction in my life, somebody that doesn't correct me, that just wants to give me a pat on the back or make me look good or feel good, they don't want to bring that correction, that they don't love me. If they don't bring something to me that is wrong in my life and say, here, you need to change it, then they don't really care about me. It's the same with God. With my kids, the reason that I would correct them if they do something wrong is because I want them to do the right thing. I want them to go the right way. You know, it's like in your car, you miss a turn. And I don't know about you, if you had this before, and it's like sometimes I'm like, just stop yelling at me, you know? You got that, the GPS on, it's like, make a U-turn, turn here. You, you missed your turn, turn back, go back now. And, and I'm like, stop yelling at me. Leave me alone, you know? But my car wants me to go the right way. Even if something as silly as that, I can relate it to this. It's like there is no correction or rebuke done the right way and the right person that is for any reason but to get us to the right place and to go the right way. It's for our good. It's to help us. It's because they love us. I mean, my maps don't love me, but, but the people in my life do. And of course, God does. The reason that he would bring this thing to you and tell you, hey, you need to change this. You did this wrong. I want you to say you're sorry. Oh, I mean, there's so many different things I could think of that... The reason that he did, go back. Do this again the right way. It's because he loves us. It's because he's a, a good father, right? 
He's not a bad father. He's a good father. That's why he would correct us. Sometimes it hurts. It doesn't feel good. You know, it's like, God, I'm sorry. You feel like, he's like, all right. Seems, seems weird saying this now, but it shouldn't be weird. Seems like you're going to get a spanking. And God's going to be like, you know what you did. You know what it deserves. Anybody, anybody have parents of this? I want you to go think about it for a little bit. That's the worst thing. Why don't you sit there and think about it? I just want to get this over with. Can we just hurry up? Like, come on. And sometimes we even get mad at God and be like, God, come on. Can't we just get this over with? And he's like, but I need you to understand some things before we move forward. I need you to get some things down. Can you hold on to it? Can you take that and be with it for a while so that it really does what it's supposed to do? <laughs> Proverbs 12, 1, it says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. I told you. I like some of these scriptures. It's I'm like, what? It wasn't me. It was the Bible. Okay? I don't want to be stupid. <laughs> right? Do you? I'm going to assume the answer is no. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. And we all will say, like, yes, I would love to have the knowledge, the information, the wisdom to know what I'm supposed to do, what God is calling me to, where I'm supposed to go, and he is there correcting us. We're like, God, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to know what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, well, I need you to know who you are supposed to be before you can know what you are supposed to do. I, I need to bring some things into your into your worldview, and it seems like, or maybe it is correction or rebuke, but it will help you in the end. It's to get you on the right path. It might not feel good, but it'll be good for you. But he who hates correction is stupid. And I just, I don't know, if you just let me say what I feel about that. It's just, it's just that somebody that hates correction, if you don't want to learn, you're not going to learn. Right? Like, if I wasn't to correct my kids when they did something wrong, they're going to continue on doing things wrong and not have the understanding and the knowledge to do it differently the next time. So like me, if, I, if, if that doesn't happen, that correction doesn't come, I'm just going to be stupid, you know? I, I'm going to be like, I'm going to continue to do the same thing that I did before that was wrong. 
and I'm not going to learn because there was no direction or correction brought into my life, right? You understand what this is? This is love. Like, what? This is love. God loves you so much. that he will rebuke you, that he won't hold back, that he will correct you. He loves you that much that he's not just going to let you feel good. He's not, I mean, he wants you to feel good. And he is our healer. He's our peace. He's everything that we need. We have everything because of him. And it's like, I can live this life because of him. But also, if I'm too much involved in it, it's going to be a mess. Right? If we get my head, what I feel, my feelings, my heart, if all that is messed up in this thing too, it's probably not going to go right. So he's going to bring correction and make my flesh come into alignment with the spirit, with his spirit. He says, listen, this, this is for your good. Let's get the flesh going on the same path as the spirit is. Let's go the same direction. And back to Proverbs 3, uh, 12. It says, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. And it's interesting in Hebrews, we're going to go to Hebrews, and it uses this very scripture in Hebrews 12, verses 3 through 11. And it says, for consider him who endured such hostility for sinners against, from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted bloodshed, striving against Jesus. Okay. So before we get to this, where it, it, it quotes this proverb, it says, listen, I know it. I know it may feel like things are going wrong and bad and, and it hurts and all this stuff is happening, but, but will you just consider, will you just think about, think about Jesus, consider Jesus, the one who endured so, such hostility. You know, we're, we struggle a little bit because God's dealing with the sin in our life. That he's trying to cut it away and, and, and give us a little rep- rebuke or correction and kind of doing something like god this hurts and we get we get upset but what it's saying here in the scripture is like just consider jesus like think about this the ultimate the ultimate sins and the things in our life the things that we should have had this punishment for think about the one consider jesus who took those things to the cross for you who took those things Lest you become weary. Like, don't become weary. I love this. It's like, when, when you start to think, God, why? Instead of thinking about, this is, what I, this is what I take from it. Whenever I read that, is what I feel like and what I want to think, okay? When I start to think, God, why is this happening? Or why am I receiving this correction? Are you trying to teach me? And it's this, the long, hard route, you know? Like, somehow God's going to set us on the escalator of, easy to help us learn, right? 
It's like, God, why, why has this happened? That I consider Jesus, that I consider him, that I, I don't even really in, in my own right or because of my own strength or anything that I can do, uh, I don't even deserve to have this relationship because of something that I can do with God. But to consider Jesus the one who took that against himself for me, for us. And it says, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. <laughs> that word resisted is antikistimai, something like that. It says, it says resist, and you're like, resisted bloodshed? What does that mean? And there's a couple of things that it says here if you look it up in the Greek. And in in one it says to put in place of another. You haven't been put in the place of another to take their punishment on yourself. And also it means to stand or resist. So you haven't resisted. But I, I, I thought about that. When I looked at that, I was like, oh my gosh. Like I, I can have an attitude. We can have an attitude whenever we feel like, God, why are you correcting me? Why, why is this happening? And then he's telling, he's telling us, he says, listen, why don't you think about that you haven't taken the sin of the world to the cross. It wasn't you. Consider Jesus the one who took that for you so that you could be a part of the family of God, so you can be adopted into his family. We think that we're having to go through these things and it's hard, that we haven't had to stand against that because he did it for us. In verse 5, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, here's that proverb, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Those are strong words. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? What son, what daughter is there that a father does not give correction to? If you have an earthly father that will bring correction into your life, how, because he loves you, how much more would your creator, your father, your God, come and bring correction into your life because he is love, because that's who he is, how much more would he want you to be going the right direction? How much more would he 
bring correction in your life because he is the one that we're trying to get to. Verse 8, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Oh my gosh. I mean, sometimes I feel like, I don't know about you, you're like, oh, God, why did you have to speak so strong in the Bible? You know, it's like, it's like, oh. It's like one of those moments, though, that you, that you feel, you know, that it's much worse sometimes whenever you feel that you've disappointed your parents. It's much worse, a worse feeling, at least for me, than it, than it is to even just get a punishment. To see that look in their eyes that, that just says, I'm just disappointed. I, I, thought, I thought you knew better. And whenever I read this scripture, I, I kind of feel that. But if you are without chastening, if you, if you don't allow correction into your life and allow God to do this in your life, which all people have to go through, we're not alone in this. You know, sometimes we feel alone in it. We feel like we're the only one that has to go through this process of correction for growth. Or God cutting stuff away and saying, hey, this is not who you are. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. We feel like we're alone in it. But it says, but we've all become partakers in this. Don't feel like you're alone. We all have to go through this process because God wants us to be on that path toward him, to love him better, to know him better, to to be holy as he is holy. And that comes through this chastening, this this rebuke or this correction. So we've all been partakers. But if if you've gone about it in a way that you haven't received any rebuke or anything being cut off or God dealing with something in your life, you're not a true son. And as I read that, I I just feel like that. Man, if I looked at God and said, God, wow, this is amazing. I haven't had to learn or I haven't had to go through anything tough. You haven't had to cut it because I'm perfect. I just feel like God just looked at me like, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I, I, I just wish you would understand that I want you to go through these things so that you can be who you're supposed to be. I want you to be stronger than you are. I want you to be better. I want you to be who I've created you to be. And it says, furthermore, verse 9, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us. A few days. I mean, it says a few days, but it's more like 18 years, right? Or more. (laughs) 
For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Say it. He says, he says, listen, for, a, for a, a little while, we received this correction and this instruction from our, our parents that they are the ones trying to guide us and, and, and bring correction in our life so that we can turn out to be a good little human being, right? But it says, but he is doing this. Not just that you, so that you can be a nice little human being. But he's doing it for our holiness. He's doing it for our salvation. He's doing it for our relationship with him. He's doing it for our eternity. Our parents are doing it. Of course, they do that because they want us to walk with God too. But when we think about God bringing this into our life, think about it like this. He loves us so much that he is going to bring this rebuke or this correction in our life. And he does it not just because he wants you to look good. Not just because he wants you, you know, to be able to do good at the job you're at, although he wants that. He's doing it for the salvation of your soul. He's doing it so for holiness, for, so that we could be more like him. Who doesn't want to be more like him? Verse 11, now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. Yeah, duh, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. It yields peaceable fruit. God, why is the fruit in my life? I don't know. Has he cut anything off lately? You know, I'm, I'm not going to get all into that message, but about the pruning. That he has to cut stuff off. You think, God, why does it feel like you're cutting this out of my life and you're cutting that out of my life? Because that wasn't bearing fruit and that wasn't bearing fruit. And in order to bear fruit, do you know that you have to cut back the branches of trees? Otherwise, they will start to break. And we see things and people are like, things are going great and it seems like God's using them and all of a sudden things go horribly wrong. And I feel like, God, don't let me be like that. And I feel like God's told me, told me before, he's like, let me, let me cut it back then. Let me cut it off. Let me cut off those branches that are weak in your life. Those, those branches that won't hold fruit. I want to give you fruit, but I'm going to have to cut those branches to make them stronger so that they can hold more. And if I don't bring that correction in your life, if I don't cut that back, it's ultimately going to break you won't be able to hold it. It might seem good for a little bit, but it's not going to be good in the end. So will we let him prune us? Will we let him cut these things off that, that he knows? Listen, does, would we think that God doesn't know what needs to be in us and what doesn't? Like, How could I think that God would do something that would be bad for me? 
you know? That's what we argue. God, why? But this is happening, or this is good, and why are you cutting it off? Like, why would I even ask? Why, why would I even ask God? Why? Because what do I know, what do we know that God doesn't? Turn that question around. If I can. What do we know that God doesn't? What does God know that we don't? Pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. And if we look at it that way, that he loves us. He, he loves us and he wants the best for us. He wants the fruit of our lives to hang on strong branches. He wants there to actually be fruit. And that is why he would bring this correction. And can we walk through that with him, knowing that he loves us, that he loves you so much, that that would be why. That would be why he was bringing this correction. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.